0: Hi listeners, you're listening to the Highly Sensitive MD Podcast, a podcast that explores what it means to be a highly sensitive person in medicine. I'm so glad you're here. doctors and future doctors welcome this is episode one of the highly sensitive md podcast i'm your host Sonia singh Uh, i'll be sharing a lot more of my personal story with you in episode two and also sprinkled throughout the podcast but for now i will tell you that i am a highly sensitive person and also an internist practicing in houston texas I am not a psychiatrist, therapist, or coach, I am actually just a person recording a podcast from my closet sharing my story and information that helped me navigate my burnout and find my own place in medicine and I hope it can do the same for you. So let's get started. In order to understand what it means to be a highly sensitive MD, we need to first define what it means to be a highly sensitive person or HSP. The term highly sensitive person was actually coined by a psychologist, Elaine Aron, in the 1990s when she wrote the definitive book on the topic, which was titled The Highly Sensitive Person. Um, And since then, there's basically been a growing body of research around the topic. So HSPs are people with the personality trait of high sensory processing sensitivity. This trait is thought to correlate with higher central nervous system reactivity and deeper cognitive processing of physical, social, and emotional stimuli. Now notice the word trait. It's not a disorder or a diagnosis or a disease. It's a trait. And the reason it isn't considered pathologic is that it's thought to have both positive and negative consequences. So let's review some of the common features of HSPs. Many HSPs are described as shy or sensitive as children. As children and adults, they startle easily and may be more sensitive to chaotic environments, loud noises, strong smells. Um, They may be more moved by art or music. They may be more sensitive to caffeine or pain or other substances. They may like to focus on one task and may become overwhelmed uh, by time pressure or multitasking. They tend to be very observant, conscientious, and detail-oriented. They tend to be highly empathetic and often mirror or absorb other people's emotions. And there's an acronym that kind of summarizes a lot of these qualities, and that acronym is DOES, DOES. D is for depth of processing, O is for overstimulation, E is for empathy or environmental sensitivity, and S is for subtlety. Now, I will tell you that the first time I took the test on Dr. Aaron's website, which is uh, hsperson.com, I answered yes to every single question, so I am basically the poster child for being highly sensitive. But I do think that there's a spectrum, and even if all of these things don't describe you, I still think there's value in exploring your sensitivity a little bit more deeply. So a common question relating to this whole theory of um, a highly sensitive person is whether it's the same as being introverted. And the answer to that is that they aren't exactly the same. Introversion and extroversion, uh, if you've read the book Quiet, has a little bit more to do with whether you derive energy from being with others or being alone. So about 70% of HSPs are thought to be introverts, but 30% are actually extroverts. So it is possible to be highly sensitive, but also extroverted. The other common question I've heard is how are HSPs different from empaths? And now we're getting a little woo-woo, but bear with me. I'm going to hit you with some data soon. Um, Anyway, the term empath actually originated in science fiction, believe it or not, and it refers to people that are more likely to absorb or mirror others emotions and notice emotional subtleties, but it does not have the component of physical and environmental sensory sensitivity associated with being HSP. So again, not exactly the same thing. But even if you identify yourself as an empath and not an HSP, I still think the majority of this podcast is very applicable to you. Okay, so have I lost you yet? (laughs) I know I just went pretty far into woo-woo land, but uh, I'm going to bring it back now. And I know you're probably thinking, Sonia, come on, is this really a thing? Show me the data. Prove to me that it's a thing. So I have two studies to present to you. The first is an fMRI study from 2014 uh, from the journal Brain and Behavior. Sounds pretty legit. Um, They had 18 participants. I know it's a really small N, but it is what it is. Um, They had the participants complete the highly sensitive person scale, and then they stuck them in an fMRI machine and showed them images of partners and strangers with happy, sad, and neutral expressions. So for the happy and sad photo conditions, higher HSP scores were correlated with increased activation of brain regions involved in awareness, integration of sensory information, empathy and action planning so it seems like this subjective experience of high sensitivity does in fact map to some specific differences in brain activity So the second study I want to tell you about is one that had 89 participants. It's a little better. And they had the participants complete the HSP scale and then asked them to do a visual detection task requiring them to notice subtle differences. So what they actually had to do was find a T that was hidden among a bunch of L's and all of those letters were kind of rotated in various ways to make it difficult to find the T's. Um, And they asked them to not only complete the task but rate their level of stress before and after completing it. And what they found was that those who scored higher on the HSP scale were more likely to complete the task accurately, but also reported higher levels of subjective stress after completion, which I thought was really interesting. So there are a few other decent studies out there, but these are the two that I found most compelling. And I know that as doctors and scientists by training, we have a much higher threshold to really buy into an idea. And we always want proof and evidence and data. But one thing that I've kind of come to realize over time is that so much of how we feel and navigate the world has to do with the stories we tell ourselves. And for so many doctors who are sensitive, the story automatically becomes, I'm not cut out for this. I'm not good enough. Something is wrong with me. And even if the idea of an HSP is really just an idea and doesn't end up mapping to a particular gene or a neural pathway, it gives us a new framework to work with and it allows us to tell a different story about our sensitivity. And it's a story that reminds us that it is not a weakness and it is actually associated with strength and empathy and appreciating subtleties in the environment that not everyone else is picking up on. And for me, that reframing was hugely powerful and I hope it will be for others as well. So I know some of you are probably listening to everything I've described about being an HSP and thinking, oh my God, that's me. Um, that's exactly how I felt when I learned about it. But if you're still unsure, I invite you to go to Dr. Aaron's website, which is hsperson.com and take her little quiz to see if you may be a highly sensitive person. And if you uh, do identify as a highly sensitive person, I want you to just sit with the knowledge that you're not alone that some of the qualities that you may have thought your whole life were embarrassing or shameful or weird are actually quite common and they're not these insurmountable personal failures. They're just the flip side of the coin of your empathy, depth, and thoughtfulness. So just sit with that. When I was in the thick of my own burnout, it felt like a very solitary experience. It had become apparent to me very quickly that I was uniquely overwhelmed by residency, but I didn't really understand why. And I really didn't think that anyone else was feeling what I was feeling. And that belief really fed into this narrative that I didn't belong there and that I wasn't meant to be a doctor. And it wasn't until I was out of residency for a few years that I started to realize that so many other people felt the way I felt. For me, writing has been a big part of my process, and I've been fortunate enough to have two creative essays on the topic of burnout published since I left residency. The first was titled Morning Report and was published in the New England Journal of Medicine in 2017, and the second was An Open Letter to a Burned Out Intern, which was in Annals in 2020. And both are deeply personal and written in second person, speaking to you, the intern, And of course, the you was always me, but what I realized after those pieces were published was that so many people were feeling what I was feeling. The outpouring of messages and comments that I got um, about those essays from complete strangers who would write me emails to say, hey, we don't know each other, but I felt exactly like this and I thought I was the only one. Or... Even people that I personally knew in residency who just seemed like they had it totally together would comment and say, I had mornings like this too, or would tell me later, oh, I took an SSRI to get through intern year, or I also thought about quitting at some point. Even doctors that had retired messaged me and said that the essay took them back to how they felt 30 years ago when they were interns. So I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with the statistics on burnout, and I was too. But uh, until I put some of my own personal story out there and got that feedback, I don't think I really appreciated that I wasn't alone in my experience. So I hope that sharing my experience and what I learned um, through my writing and here in this podcast will resonate with you and spare you from having to broadcast all of your deeply personal thoughts <laughs> out to the world in the form of um, medical journal essays to come to this conclusion. Um, and I hope that you, you're able to realize that you, you really aren't alone. To summarize, in this episode, we've defined what it means to be a highly sensitive person. We've discussed a few of the common qualities of HSPs, and I've asked you to sit with the knowledge that if you are a highly sensitive MD, you are not alone in your experience. I'm sure your gears are already turning, thinking about all the other ways that this concept is relevant for medicine. And in next week's episode, I'll be sharing my own journey as a highly sensitive doctor going through training and practice. Um, I promise you all the skeletons will be coming out of the closet. I'm going to tell you about how I've always secretly hated hospitals, uh, my most embarrassing moment as a trainee, how I tried to quit residency halfway through, and ultimately how I found my way out of burnout and found my place in medicine, which includes being right here on the floor of my closet talking to you. So that brings us to the end of episode one. If you enjoyed listening or found this information helpful, I hope you will subscribe, leave a review, or tell a highly sensitive friend or colleague. As I said in the beginning of the show, the purpose of this podcast is not to sell you anything or coach you or promote my practice. I simply want to share information that was helpful for me and get it to those who need to hear it. So please spread the word. Until next time, my friends, stay sensitive.